Welcome to the Cana Connection Podcast. On this spotlight edition of the Cana Connection Podcast, we are connecting with a fellow Caner, Kenny McCrosty. He is our Principal Operations Manager here at Cana, and today we have our guest hosts, Jack Murray and Cassie McCrosty. So without further ado, let me pass it on over to Cassie, and welcome, Kenny. Hello, y'all. I'm Cassie McCrosty. I'm the Digital Media Coordinator here at Kena with me my co-host I have Jack Murray and with us today we have Kenny McCrosty so welcome y'all thank you glad to be here to kind of start things off um Kenny we we wanted to ask you kind of give us a quick overview of yourself and kind of what you do here at Kena sure um so I've uh, been with Kena for eight and a half years now. Um, hard to believe it's been that long, but um, uh, started here in uh, the end of 2014. And um, as Cassie said, I'm the principal operations manager here. Um, I think that's a, a title that that uh, has a lot loaded into it. <laughs> uh, uh, mostly work with within the operations department um, and included in that is is working on our business development process and managing our business development practice, um, carrying opportunities from, you know, their early stages um, through uh, the proposal stages when we when we uh, propose to uh, to do different things and then um, uh, help manage uh, the flow of our projects uh, and uh, from a company level. So I don't get involved in the details of every project, uh, only those that um, that I'm actually a project manager on, which which I am. Um, so um, just uh, as operations often is, it covers a wide range of, of activities and, um, and, and tasks. And, uh, and I work with uh, our director of of IT and operations, uh, as well as our chief operating officer, um, to to keep all those opportunities and projects flowing uh, successfully. And then, um, in addition to that, I, I also uh, uh, manage uh, the Cana Foundation, which is a uh, um, the give back arm of Cana. Um, it's not a separate entity, but uh, uh, something that Cana uh, has to. To enable our employees to uh, to give back and and to uh, to be able to take the skills and the experiences and the and the things that we have and the things that we're passionate about and be able to give those back in our different communities. So um, and uh, so I, I manage that. Uh, it's a small small piece of what I do. And then basically, other than that, just general support of the company. Just um, I've been here a long time, so I know where kind of where things are and how the different processes and, and help people out, new, new people and people who've been here for a while, uh, find things and, and, uh, and use various tools that we have within the company. So. A man of many hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was just about to say that I've, I, I work closely with you, Kenny, as you and everybody on here knows, but for everybody listening, I've always been curious. I've been working with him for about a year now and I've always been curious with all his skills that he does everything around Kena, I'm trying to support that. Um, but with everything that he does, I've always been curious about how he got here and his journey to it. So Kenny, could you take us through your journey about ending up at Kena? Sure. Um, so back in 2014, um, when I was still in the Marine Corps, uh, I was in the reserve status at the time. I was 
I had just moved up to uh, the Pentagon uh, Headquarters Marine Corps Installation Logistics, and I was part of their reserve detachment there. And uh, I believe it was June, July. It was summer of 2014 when I moved up there. Um, and kind of concurrently with that, I was wrapping up uh, a job I'd had uh, where I was doing a lot of work overseas. And uh, that wrapped up that summer. And for a few months, uh, I was without a job. <laughs> um, and when I showed up at uh, my reserve unit there, um, Rob Cranston, who's the president and founder of Cana, uh, was also a drilling reservist. Uh, he was still in the Marine Corps at the time. And he was part of that unit and introduced him. Uh, we introduced each other to each other and, and, and met each other. I uh, actually found out that, that we had probably crossed paths at the University of Colorado back in the early 90s. Uh, he was a few years behind me, but uh, I don't think we really knew each other um, other than maybe incidental contact uh, back in, back at CU. Um, so that was an instant connection, and, and uh, we just got to know each other uh, through our work there in the Marine Corps Reserves. And um, 2014 was the year that... Kana was in its probably, I would say, its initial growth um, as a company. Uh, up until then, they'd been pretty small. Uh, and um, so I was employee number 10, and uh, the things worked out, just wow. came together, and um, Kana had a need, and, and I was available to work. And um, they offered me a position uh, as a, uh, actually, as a logistics analyst. Um, but I immediately jumped into a lot of the operations stuff that I do now. Uh, it looked much different back then because we were much smaller and a few people did many things. Um, and uh, yeah, so I started out uh, just actually part time for a few months. And then uh, early 2015, I was uh, after just two months, I believe it was, I was offered a full time position and and. Uh, you know, I just, it's, it's been that it's been going strong ever since. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's just been a great, it was a great experience coming aboard. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll just not really part of my journey, but one of the things I really love about Kena is, you know, it was a, it's a small intimate company and it certainly was back then. Um, but even as we've grown over the years, uh, it's, it's retained that, um, uh, that atmosphere and that culture, um, which is, which just makes it a, you know, really great place of family. It's almost, it's almost like an extended family. So. Yeah. I feel like sometimes work doesn't feel like work. It's more of you're hanging out with your friends and your family on a call. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, obviously you've gone through a lot of career changes from the military and then to Kena and you, you know, started off in logistics at Kena. So like what has surprised you most about how your career has developed? So my overall career, or just my career at Kena. Um, I guess you could say both. Okay. Maybe one from each. Um, let's see. Well, when I look at my overall career, and of course the Marine Corps spanned thirty years of that. So, um, but being a reservist, I had you know dual careers. I had civilian jobs along the way, whether that was owning my own business or working for somebody else. Um, but, uh, I know this sounds odd, but in the Marine Corps, you know, 
like the fact that I got promoted and moved along as I did was always a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> I mean, not that I, I didn't expect to or anticipate it, but, you know, I never, um, you know, I, I guess it just, when it happened, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And, you know, on to the next, you know, on to the next stage. And I always said I'd, I'd stick around the Marine Corps as long as I was relevant and I kept getting promoted. Um, and both kept happening for, for 30 years. So I, I stuck around till I had to get out. So, um, within Cana, uh, one thing that surprised me the most is, um, I guess how adaptable the companies continued to be. Um, and like, you know, as different people have come in and different skills with different skill sets and, um, and, you know, and kind of looking back at my own, like you said, I started out as a logistics analyst, but really didn't end up doing that specifically. Some of that, certainly, um, you know, one of the things that I do because of my experience in the Marine Corps is, is, you know, I am a subject matter expert, you know, on Marine Corps military uh, items. And so I'll, I'll contribute um, from time to time on projects in that area, um, but not as much as maybe you know, I first expected to when I first came aboard. So, um, but, uh, but it's been a nice surprise. I've enjoyed, continue to enjoy the things that I do and, and the many different ways that I can contribute to, to the team, the Kena team. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Would you say a lot of your military experience has kind of shaped you to be who you are today? Also to work at Kena, but also just in life? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, uh, um, you know, I look at like, you know, leadership and my, you know, was something obviously that I had a lot of experience and as well as specific training in the Marine Corps. Um, and, you know, if, I think if it hadn't been for the Marine Corps, um, I don't know if I would have been, you know, the type of leader that I am today. Um, it just gave me so many opportunities to, to practice what I've learned and to put into real life, you know, use, uh, different scenarios and things. So, um, you know, I consider myself kind of a reserved, um, you know, person. And so the Marine Corps has really enabled me to kind of step out of my comfort zone a lot. Sometimes you're just thrown out there, uh, and you just got to do it. And, uh, as, as uncomfortable as it was, um, I learned a lot through those experiences. So, and I feel like that's, I've been able to take that along with me along the way. And, and certainly with Kana and, um, I've been able to use those leadership skills and, and, uh, and just experiences working, you know, with people and, um, you know, and certainly the practical, you know, things like project management and organizational skills and things like that. Um, yeah, I, 90, I would say 99% of that came from my time in the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> now, now was that always part of your plan to enter the Marine Corps and, and stay 30 years, like you said, or was that just something that, you know, you decided one day you were going to completely change your mindset and go into the military, or is that something you had planned out from the beginning? So, um, going into the Marine Corps was, I would say was always part of my plan. I, I actually, I grew up overseas, uh, in Morocco and, um, through scouting, I got to know a lot of the Marine security guards who worked at the embassy there. 
and uh, I was always impressed by them. And uh, I will say I was impressed by the uniforms too. Always loved the Marine Corps uniforms. <laughs> they do have some uh, of the best looking uniforms out there. Yeah, so. <laughs> so that that certainly wasn't the reason I went in the Marine Corps, but that that helped. Um, so I, I remember as far back as eighth grade uh, deciding that I wanted to go in the Marine Corps. Um, I had a lot of friends whose dads also worked at the embassy, were in other services. And, you know, basically by observing them, I, I you know, I, I, I was able to, by process of elimination, decide that uh, the Marine Corps was the one for me. So, yeah, so there was always a plan and it didn't matter to me whether I went in officer enlisted, you know, I was going to go in uh, at, at some point. Um, so I was very fortunate to, to get a ROTC scholarship out of high school. So I went into through the Art and Navy ROTC program, which the Marine Corps falls underneath and then commissioned uh, straight out of college. Now, the second part of your question is whether I anticipated staying 30 years. Um, that kind of gets connects to being surprised with promotion. So um, I was you know, commissioned as a second lieutenant, had a four year commitment. And, um, you know, my goals were uh, Basically, I wanted to go on a Marine Expeditionary Unit deployment um, uh, during my first four years, which I was able to do. That's a deployment out on a ship where you go out um, on a naval ship for six months with your unit. And um, and other than that, you know, I'd like just be successful in what I did. And um, of course, I was promoted uh, twice. Um, to, so I left after that for a little over four years um, as a captain. And, um, and then got off active duty. I thought, Hey, this is it. Ended up joining the reserves and was right back in it. And then there you go. Then it was just like, okay, as long as they keep promoting me and, and I'm relevant, uh, <laughs> I'll just keep sticking around. And, um, yeah, so I can't say I had, I had clear cut goals on how long I was going to stay in or what rank I wanted to get to or anything like that. Um, I just, uh, kept working hard and, and enjoying what I was doing. And, and there I was 30 years later. So well, that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I'm sure with all the leadership experience and other experiences you went through, you learned many, many things and we don't want to dive into each one. So if there's one, just pick one most important thing that you learned throughout your entire career, military, Kena, whatever that you would, um, deem as the most important thing, what would that be? Yeah. So this one, I actually thought this question I thought about, I, um, and this one was hard to, to separate out like one that really rose to the top. Um, but, uh, the first one that came to mind and I guess, you know, I'll just go with my gut since it was the first one that came to mind was, um, really giving people you work with, um, whether they're peers or superiors or, you know, work underneath, you know, as you supervise them, um, no matter just the people you work with, um, just giving them the benefit of the doubt, you know, um, in different situations. I think, um, you know, this doesn't even really apply to work. I mean, I use this as like a life kind of philosophy okay. too. I mean, people I run into or interact with outside of work, but, um, certainly within the workplace, you know, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got something that, happened to them over the weekend or the night before or that day they may have gotten good news bad news uh, you just never know 
And, you know, we're all really good, I think, especially in our society about, you know, masking <laughs> what's going on in our, you know, in our personal lives and, and you know, and, and particularly when it comes to work, you know, we you know, we got to put on a professional face, do our job. Um, so uh, I think just knowing that people might be going through something if, you know, maybe they're having a bad day and, and they're curt with you um, instead of getting mad and snapping back at them in the moment, you know, just saying, okay, well, maybe they've got something going on and just, just putting that into perspective. So I think it served me well. Um, I, I feel like one of my strengths is, is, is working with people and of all different shapes, sizes, demeanors, <laughs> personalities. Um, and, um, and I think that, that trait or that, that attitude has, has been key in me, you know, developing and, and having good relationships with, with people. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I can attest to that for sure. And uh, <laughs> it's it's just a, it's just the fact that people we don't know, like you mentioned, like that's basically what it is. We don't know what's going on in everybody else's lives. Like that's just yeah. the point you got to get to. And I love that piece of advice. I actually have been trying to live by that for a while now. It's something that I picked up in college from from something that happened. So we don't know is the biggest thing that you can get out of it. And I really like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the, what Kana really cares about too, is our work life balance and caring about the well being of all of our employees. And we really care for each other. And I feel like when you go into work with that kind of mindset, it kind of helps you not only help yourself, but help the other people you work with to, you know, get things done. And everybody has to have a, be at a good space to, really collaborate and push things forward. So I guess going into that, kind of stepping away from work, your work-life balance, um, what do you enjoy doing most in your free time besides working? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I love to spend time with my family. And for those of you out there who didn't make the connection yet, Cassie and I are related. <laughs> She's my daughter, so she's part of my family, but I love hanging out with. Um, Wait, you guys are related? Learn something new every day, Koa, right? <laughs> it's new. Wait. There's a family resemblance, too. My God. Yes. I'm the firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> with all the firstborn, right? <laughs> No, I really enjoy spending time with family. Um, we we love getting together. A lot of times on Sunday, we'll get together for dinner on Sunday and, and just hanging out and laughing and sometimes crying, sometimes, you know, just <laughs> being together. Um, it's it's just, it's, you know, the relationships with family are, are just so important. Um, so just hanging out with them is always fun. Uh, we laugh a lot as a family. <laughs> and uh, uh which is cool laughter is um, important yes in um, any in any relationship working relationship family relationship and everything like that you got to be able to step back and laugh and everything like that which we yes you know. especially at yourself we got to be able to laugh at ourselves sometimes too right <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> um, other things i enjoy doing i um I, i'm very physically active. Uh, I'm a big CrossFit guy. Uh, fell in love with that about 14 years ago. And, and, uh, so I've 
I keep doing that. Uh, in fact, I just did a CrossFit competition this past weekend, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. My body for paid audience, for it Monday and Tuesday. He's a, he's a big CrossFit fan. He's not he's not just being facetious. Like literally, Kenny is huge. <laughs> when I when I first met you, Kenny, um, if people do not know, Kena is a virtual company, so it is very rare that we get a chance to get together, but we try uh, to get together at least once or twice a year if we possibly can. COVID made that more difficult, but obviously we're trying to get back into that. But uh, so uh, it's, it's rare when you get to see and work with your co-workers face to face. And that's not just Kena now, that's a lot of places or anything like that. But when I first got to meet Kenny, um, this is a caveat or a side branch I'm going to throw in there. It's probably going to derail everything for a split second. <laughs> As Kenny knows, maybe maybe he doesn't remember. Like I'm a big fan of the Jack Reacher uh, books and novels and everything like that. And the movies are okay and everything. Like the new Amazon TV show is fantastic. Yes. But uh, before that new Amazon TV show was, and uh, not that Kenny was an MP and he's a Marine, not an Army guy and everything like that. But like after I met Kenny, I was like. Jack Reacher. That's that's, <laughs> that's that's who now. When I'm reading the stories or listening to an audiobook or something like that, I'm like, I'm going to impose inter, interpose Kenny into my brain uh, whenever I can. So if you guys out there are fans of the Reacher novels for whatever, uh, before Alan Richardson came on to play him on TV, uh, Kenny is the is the guy who I envisioned in my head after after I met him. So wow. I'll throw that I in mean, there, Kenny. I don't know if you know that or not, if I ever told you that. I before. did not know that. That's too funny. I I love the new Amazon series too. I I watched the first season very quickly. I think I binge watched it all in one weekend or, you know, so waiting for the second one. And I've read quite a few of the books as well. So yeah, that, uh, but one of the, actually one of the things goes. I love about CrossFit, what's that, Jack? No, go ahead. Go ahead. That actually goes into the last question question we'll get to but uh okay I'll, I'll wrap up here one of the things i love about crossfit is it is it is it gives me the the physical and i think mental um you know discipline too um the capability to, to do so many other things i love outdoor activities particularly even though i live at the beach i'm partial to the mountains <laughs> but you know whether it's hiking or climbing or mountain biking or skiing or even getting out of my kayak here um running all those things you know doing crossfit allows me to just drop into one of those activities even if i haven't done it in a while so um that's one of the big connections there but i do like lifting heavy things too so (laughs) just (laughs) chopping wood and chopping wood yes i do i chop wood that's a good stress reliever for me i go out my backyard to my wood pile and chop wood Yeah, I should probably find more more of those workout activities I could do on my end. People don't know, man. I thought you were going to say you're going to little... start chopping more wood for a second there, Jack. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could help. It could help for my small statue. I'm, uh, I'm a Absolutely. little guy, but anyways, we'll uh, we'll uh, finish this this podcast up here with a question that actually goes back to kind of what Co was talking about, how he saw Kenny as Jack Reacher. Kenny, in your opinion. Now we can open up the TV or movie. Who would you want to play you in a movie or TV series? Well, clearly the answer should be Alan Richardson. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I didn't grow up, growing up in Morocco, I didn't grow up with a TV. I didn't grow up watching movies. So like, like pop culture is like, 
Very, very, like, I have limited knowledge. I mean, obviously, living in, you know, today's world, it's it's much more accessible and in your face. And I'm, I'm more familiar with a lot of actors and actresses and movies today than I was, um, you know, from the years that I grew up. But um, I'm going to flip that question a little bit. So I don't know if there's an actor out there. I guess I could say the guy, I don't even know his name, the guy who plays Jack Reacher in the Amazon series. He'd probably yeah, be, a be a good choice. <laughs> be a good choice, <laughs> at least in terms of physical stature. Um, although I think he's got a little bit bigger arms than I do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he, but, he walks up a little bit for the show, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've always been a little bit of a of a romantic when it comes to, like, like heroes and movies and... and um, I, I always envisioned myself living in a time when there was no, you know, um, black powder weapons. It was swords and bows and arrows and spears. And um, so because of that, I mean, two of my favorite movies are, are Braveheart and Gladiator. And, um, you know, and I also have a little bit of Scottish blood in me. So Braveheart plays in well into that. So, so I, I could always see myself being Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Um, and, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, the romantic in me is like, wow, that would have been cool to, to just be, you know, running around the Scottish Highlands with a skirt on and with a kilt on. And <laughs> grew up <laughs> in Morocco, wants to run and... around the Scottish Highlands. These things don't match. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, so, in terms of an, an actor who would play me, I don't know. I'll I'll just I'll just leave it as as I would. I could see myself inserting myself into that movie, and certainly in that period of history. So, um, let's. That's a that's excellent, uh, Cassie. Do you have any final questions or anything? Not really. She asked some all her questions on the weekend and when and their family get togethers and everything. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, I know a lot about him, so I Yeah, you don't you 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 don't have any questions and stuff. But uh no, I so I have I know that we're at the end of it and everything, but uh so and we've touched upon it a lot during this conversation, but it is it is kind of like actually the driving force behind starting up these uh, spotlight sessions on the Kana Connection podcast. It's uh, our concept of powered by Kana Analytics, and that's because of the people, right? And we've cultivated this kind of, we try at least to cultivate a good family atmosphere, even though it's a virtual company and it's hard, right? Uh, what have you found to be, how do I want to say it? It's not analytics. Uh, what's what's the what's the thing that forms a good team that uh can coordinate like this whenever it's it's remote and everything like that like it's it's when you're together either uh, as a group or apart um i think you touched upon it earlier but what's what what helps make that powered by Kane analytics team uh not just for us but for anybody else out there who wants to build a good team what's the the, the core value other than uh, like we have to take understanding into it, like what you talked right. about earlier, uh, like trying to, to, to be, I don't know if empathetic is the right word, but, you know, under, understanding what's going on. Um, but then there we get, it gets down to brass tacks after that, right? After you're being uh, kind, kind of uh, aware of there's stuff going on in other people's worlds and everything like that, which gives you up over the first major hurdle. Then it gets time to do the work. 
and everything yeah. like that. So what forms that good working team after after the empathy? Well, I'm glad you asked because this, remember I said I, I, I had like four things I wrote down or multiple things and I had to pick one earlier. So this gives me an opportunity to give you opportunity to dive back in. Yeah. And this one is a little bit more of a, like, I guess like professional, like, you know, getting the work done type of thing. And, um, and that's communication. I mean, communicate clearly and often, I say both ways up and down. Um, uh, communication is not a one way street. Uh, it's absolutely vital, not only in you know, work relationships, but any kind of relationship. Um, and you know, I, I've, I've found throughout my career and certainly here at Kana as a project manager, uh, on a team with, you know, uh, many different people. Um, sometimes we take for granted that everybody knows what's going on and, and, and people are talking to each other. And then you find out in fact that they aren't, um, and things get missed. So. Um, uh, yeah, just communicate clearly and often <laughs> and don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to ask somebody the question or say, Hey, can you tell me again, what, what's going on here or whatever, even if you, you know, even if you may have already asked them that, or maybe, maybe they told you three weeks ago, um, just refreshing that sometimes, um, is good. And it just gives everybody just a clear understanding of, of what's going on. So. Um, and in our virtual world, I think that becomes even more important because you don't have the benefit of, of popping into somebody's office next door or um, coming yeah. together. Um, so. Agreed. I have found that as one of the big, like uh, Cassie and Jack are younger and they haven't had, they probably haven't worked in too many spheres uh, corporate wise and company wise. I know Cassie has a, uh, a side gig or two. Jack has a side gig or two here and there on occasion in the past and stuff like that. But um, yeah, the virtual thing is uh, you would think you could just ping somebody anytime, any place. And we have people on, you know, all across the country. You know, we, we, from, we span coast to coast here at Kena. So that time coordination really makes a difference and mm. it makes it hard to just ping somebody and uh, get a chat going back and forth or, or something. So um, reminders and, you know, scheduling time for yourself and then scheduling time to like connect even if it's just for five, 10 minutes with uh, your group or your team uh, is kind of like really important. And going into that, man, I'm dragging this this, this spotlight conversation out longer than, than it's supposed to be, but you know, hey, yeah, I can edit uh, later on. That's all right. <laughs> so one of the things that we often, I think, uh, so I think we've all probably had to answer the question, what what does Kena do at some point in time, right? And that's, it's a really tough question because we do so much. And then there we have our, you know, and people say your slogan powered by Kena Analytics and analyze, assess, execute, and everything like that. What does that mean? And I'll let Rob explain that on a future podcast uh, much better than I would. But then there always gets down to, well, after you, we kind of define what Kena does and our people in it, the next thing anybody ever asks is, what do you do? there and everything like that. So for me, it's a relatively, you know, broad, but easy question to answer. But our titles, sometimes we understand what they mean, because we're working that job day to day. What does a principal operations manager do? <laughs> like, what is what does that encompass? I mean, I know that you do so much here. But like, if somebody was to read that title on like a LinkedIn or our, our website or anything like that, and they go, Okay, that's great. What is that? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think I talked a little bit about that at the beginning, but I think you're right. 
sometimes when, cause I looked on LinkedIn and I'll get, you know, you get the things like, Hey, job openings for operations managers or whatever, you know, it, and like, that could be like an operations manager in a manufacturing facility. It could be, you know, a, a transportation company. I mean that, you know, every industry has operations managers. And so it probably means slightly different things in different, different ways. But, um, I see it as, um, somebody who, um, helps keep the, the day, the day-to-day activities that encompass our, our work and what the company, you know, uh, makes revenue from and, um, is helping keep that flow going. And, you know, when there's, when things bottleneck or there's problems, um, you jump in and try and solve those problems, um, and, and get things moving along. And, and like I said, that could be, you know, all the way from new projects or new opportunities, um, keeping those moving along so that you can, you know, uh, respond to uh, proposals when, when the timing's right. Um, and then certainly when it gets into that projects where there are actually, you know, contracts that, that we work on, um, you know, helping those different project managers, uh, you know, solve problems uh, and keep things moving. Awesome. We're going to have you back at some point, probably with some other people to talk about the Kana Foundation again and some of the stuff going on there. That'd be great. Just, uh, some of the other things. And I know uh, there's probably some more. Uh, project-specific stuff that uh, Rob will talk to you about on the main Kenny Connection podcast. But if that's it for now, we'd like to thank you, Kenny McCrosty, for joining us on the Kenny Connection podcast. For Jack Murray, Cassie McCrosty, this is Coa Beam signing off for the Kenny Connection podcast, reminding you guys to analyze, assess, and execute. And we'll catch you next time.